0: Hey, it's me, Egbert. E-G-G-B-U-R-T. Check out my website at egbert.com. Now it's back to those two dudes who told me they would bring in big ratings. They better are their history. Here are Brad and John. There's our boss, man. If we don't perform, we're out, John. I mean, (laughs) we're under the gun.
1: Are we allowed to say under the gun? Or is that too, like patriarchal and symbolic you can you can
0: only you can only say that in red states in blue states you'll get criticized for things like that because of the fact that you know you can't say things like guns and things like that remember well
1: and you know and real quick i so i had a former colleague who came from the ssm system and she did communications for ssm and in their communications group here's some of the phrases that they couldn't use (laughs) bullet points because it was violent they couldn't say hey i'm going to shoot you an email because it had symbolic, uh, violent overtones. It would, so when she came to Monsanto and we would say, Hey, just shoot me an email or Hey, can you just put some bullet points together? Like she recoiled, you know, because she, she spent years
0: avoiding those phrases, oh, man, i tell you what, <laughs> sometimes you hear things like that and you go like, okay what are they thinking you know i mean like sisters of mercy
1: brad maybe you should have a little bit more religious tolerance which you can hear about if you watch the austin peterson
0: and bill igo clip john i'm a reverend did you know that about me
1: <laughs> yes i did know that and you have married people correct
0: <laughs> yes several people matter of fact <laughs> a couple of my favorite stories were like i got like my sister-in-law one day called me on a wednesday and she says are you still doing that that reverend thing yes <laughs> what she said and i go yes i am a pastor i'm a reverend she goes can you do a wedding for two friends of mine i go when is it she says saturday <laughs> and, did, and you made it happen well it's actually actually sort of a sad story on their part they went to they went to their their church to meet with their you know their their reverend wherever he was, and somehow or another it came out that well we'll see you Saturday and he went what? What? That, what? You see me Saturday? Your marriage isn't till a week from Saturday. He put it down in his, in, his, in, his, in his calendar wrong and he had he got double booked. So he had these other people first and then he put them in thinking he had the you know in other words he put, he put them in the wrong week but he had the other couple booked for like a year and he says I can't do it. And they're going like what do you want you can't do it. So so my sister-in-law calls me up and she says, "Can you do this wedding on on Saturday?" And I go, "Yeah." She says, "Can you do a rehearsal on Friday evening?" I go, "Yeah, I can do that." Okay, fine. And literally I showed up on Friday Friday evening. Actually it was a very nice little ceremony. It was down on the riverfront in St. Charles on Main Street in the gazebo, if you know where that's at. And Oh yeah, I do. And and, yeah. and we, Hey, remember
1: I was down there for Christmas. That's traditions. right.
0: That's right. That's right. So now their better option
1: instead of getting Brad Hildebrand to do it was they could have arranged for Dustin Hoffman to show up at the other wedding <laughs> yes. and scream and make a scene, <laughs> oh, right. and then the Reverend oh, right. would have nothing to do, then right. they can slide right in. I mean, everybody's, everybody's already dressed, right? You already got a crowd there.
0: Well, the sad part of it was that we... The marriage was at, like, noon on Saturday, and, you know, if you know the proximity to where the gazebo is and where the main stage on Front Street is in there yeah. in St. Charles, mm-hmm. okay, so... Right before the ceremony starts, a band starts playing. They've, oh, good grief! <laughs> yes, it's like loud, and we're talking over the band, and you know. And once again, it was a very nice ceremony. You know, I mean, even though it was a little bit, you know, and Reverend, even Brad. though it was run by Brad Hillbrand, well, it's still see, a very nice ceremony. See, here's the best part of it. The best part of it is all of them. I did. They wanted it very scripted. So they literally gave me like a script. You know, I mean, this was at all of them. They gave me a script in a three-ring binder. Okay, this is what we want you to do. Okay, fine, I can do this. I can read stuff. I read yeah. stuff all day long. I read commercials and stuff like that. So, yeah, Reverend well, Brett.
1: If we go back real quick to the one, and we got a question via Twitter, someone who listens to our show, ask if we could give a, I made a, I made a joke about the fact that I really hope that Jason Rosenbaum would do a recap of the 2008 Republican primary, the one that Blaine Lukeemeyer won. And because uh, Rosenbaum was in the early days of doing video, Jason Rosenbaum was a pioneer in actually capturing Missouri political figures on video and putting it on the St. Louis Beacon website. And he started with the Columbia Tribune long ago. Anyway, the point is, real quick, that that primary, like many primaries, was won with less than 50% of the vote. So Blaine Lukeemeyer got 40% of the vote. Bob Onder got 29% of the vote. And then you had some other folks that split up the vote. There was a state representative that got 20% of the vote. Former Mizzou football player, Brock Olivo, I remember who went that. to high school in Washington, yeah, Missouri, yes, yes, no, got 10% of the vote. So Blaine got 40%. And then from then on, he was a lock and, and you know, it's a safe Republican district. So the, the, the joy and the pain of having an open primary like this is if you get a few different people in, Then you you really only have to get you know if you get forty percent in a three way primary you're golden.
0: Hey, let's let's you and I uh, throw our hats in the ring. What do you think? Why not?
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, the day that I've told friends of mine this before, but I ran for I ran for treasurer in fourth grade, and I lost a vicious uh, partisan gender vote to Rachel Hamilton, who defeated me in the fourth grade. Uh, class treasure election and that is the only office I've ever run for. It's the only that defeat was too crushing. Do you, and uh, Rachel broke my I, I thought it was a little bit um you know of a betrayal for Rachel who I thought was a friend to run against me for state treasure and, and the girls swept all those offices. But, you know, clearly it hasn't stuck with me and I don't carry it with me.
0: Into 2024. Wow, you still remember her name. Is she married? Do you know her husband's name? Do you know where they live and everything? I'm
1: not a Facebook guy, (laughs) so I don't know what has happened to uh, former friends or paramours in general. But to those that are listening, I love you. And you guys were all right about every argument we ever had. I want you to know that.
0: Wow! Listen to you. Okay, you want me to tell you my, my wrestling story real quick? Yeah, please do. You'll get a kick out of this. Okay, my and who does this involve? My son and his friend who lived two doors down from us, and his father was a big wrestling fan. And if you remember the WCW, which was wasn't that Ted Turner's deal?
1: It was World Championship Wrestling. Yep. Yeah,
0: but wasn't that Ted Turner's thing? Yep, he owned okay. it. Yep. Okay, they had a wrestling match at I want to say one of the Parkway schools in the gym. You know What? And, really? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Now, I'm, what
1: what era would this have been? Like, what roughly what, what year?
0: Well, my son is, is going to turn 40, so he was 10, so this would have been like 30 years ago, okay? Okay. So, the Dennis, who is the father of Brian, who was the kid who lived two doors down and was my son's friend, Dennis calls me up one day and says, because, you know, Brian had already asked my son Brett to go to wrestling with him, and Dennis was going to take both of them. Dennis calls me up and says, hey, man, he says, I, my company, I got to do an out-of-town business trip. There's no way I can get out of this. Is there any way you can, I says, I'll give you my ticket. Is there any way you can take my son and your son and you be the father for the go to wrestling? I go, yeah, I can do that. So, hold on a minute. So we go out to the high school. And this is literally in the gym. They have the the ring set up and the whole bitch. Do you remember what school it was? It was one of the parkways. It may, okay. I, I want to say is Parkway Central on Clayton Road? Is that central? Do you know? No, you,
1: that's uh that's west.
0: Okay. It, it must have been west then. Okay. So, so we show up and a lot of people there and you know, it's folding chairs on the gym floor and there's a ring up in the middle of the gym. And Whoever the big the big star was, long blonde headed guy, you know, I mean, like, you know, Mr. Studley the whole bit. So the match is going on between this guy and his, you know, his lesser opponent, and and this guy is, you know, whoever the long haired blonde guy was, is just shellacking the other guy. So at Mm -hmm. one point in time, we were sitting, you know, like two rows back, and at one point in time, Mr. Blonde headed, you know, dude. Takes a swing at the other guy, and the angle we had, we could perfectly see that he missed him by six inches. So it wasn't even close. Like he yeah. does this big roundhouse swing, and we are at that perfect angle where we could see that he missed the guy. And of course, the guy recoils, his head flies back, and he falls backwards onto the mat. And instantly, my son and Brian they snap to look at me and they say almost in unison he didn't hit him yeah. <laughs> like, and i said on the way home i go you know i don't mean to burst your bubble guys but the wrestling is a little bit fake and they were going like well well we we knew it was like sort of they're both like you know they're like hyperventilating we we knew it was like there was some stuff that was sort of made up but we didn't realize they were actually not hitting each other i go once again, it looks easy, but there's an art. It's like, it's like the movie actors. When you see fight right. scenes in movie actors, it's called pulling a punch. There's an art in doing that, but every once in a while, you'll read the stories of the actors who don't necessarily pull the punch, and they get punched. You know, are yeah. they are the, or they use a live gun? But that's a completely different. Well, time. that's a whole other story, but we won't go there. Well, so you broke your son's heart, Brad. That's <laughs> yes. great. Way, way to way to crush the mystique well, of, of sports entertainment. It's like I pulled away the curtain very early in his life. You know, and I and I, you know, it's almost like saying, "See, now I had a friend of mine, and I won't, I shouldn't tell the story on the air because."
1: Yeah, you should. Come yeah, on, Brad. well,
0: I had a friend of mine, and my mom used to always refer to him as the as the the forty year old. Old kid, you know, at the time we were like maybe seven or eight, and when he was like five years old, his parents sat him down and said, "We want to have a talk with you." Oh no, we about want...
1: like Santa? Oh yeah, Easter Bunny? Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. His mom and dad told him there was no oh, su- no nothing, such thing as Santa Claus, and why would you he's... do that to a I kid that young? I don't young. know. I mean, it was you know, like the kid once again. When he was ten, he was like thirty. You know what I mean? And once again. Good friend of mine, one of the few people with me going through the Hazelwood School District because, you know, you know, they I don't know if it was was still going on when you were there. But in my era, they were bouncing the boundary lines all over the place. Like, you know, like, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, you'd go uh, to for elementary school. Right. I mean. You'd go to one elementary school for a year right. and then they moved the boundary lines because that elementary school got full and they moved yep. over there. I was one of the very few. And when I went to my reunion, I was one of the very few that went from kindergarten through 12th grade for only three schools. Kindergarten yeah. through sixth grade at Twillman Elementary School on Belfound Road. I think it's still there. It um, is from uh, then Kirby Junior High. And back in the day, it was it was uh, uh, K through six. And then it was seven, eight, nine. So I went junior high at Kirby, which is no longer, which turned into East, which I don't even think is even used anymore. I know for it's a while. It's
1: East Middle School. It's still used. No, remember we talked about how they revamped no, the
0: library. No, and... no, no. They they shut it down for a while because I a friend of mine I know worked there and and they got transferred because is that right? Oh yeah, yeah. They moved. They moved. The, they moved it into the into your high your high school building in east. They 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 the junior high was in part the middle school was in part of the high school and and they were no longer using the building up there because the problem was that the attendance had dropped to like three hundred and fifty kids and that when I went to Kirby there were like fifteen hundred kids in that school. Yeah. Well, so the, the Hazelwood school website
1: shows that it's still active but maybe maybe the website is not it could be wrong.
0: Uh, you know what in in the break i'm going to call someone and 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 find out if that's the case okay so that's that's uh uh so anyway where was i going with that with the the whole thing anyway i went through three different schools so um that was the deal okay um other stuff okay here we go again the shooting at this high school up in iowa now Mm -hmm. i spent i don't know if i told you this or not i spent a good time of my life for several years in iowa i was running des moines right in des moines yeah and you know everybody makes fun of des moines des moines was a very nice city still is a Mm -hmm. very nice city and omaha really loved omaha absolutely and everybody makes oh it's omaha oh it's des moines you know and and you know i think they're cool i think they're both cool cities well the crazy thing about this is now they're saying, "Well, how is this going to impact the the caucuses? Do you think this oh, is going right. to have any impact at all on the
1: caucuses?" Oh, like in my opinion? Yeah. What do you think? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, I don't, I don't see what effect it would have. Well, they're going to. I mean, look, it's just what you have here is it's just an example of one big story and then another coming big story. So then you say, "Well, what effect does does A have on B?"
0: Well, the you know you know what's going to happen at some point in time if the press is up there in in uh of in Iowa and you know they will be they'll be hey we just just a few weeks ago we had a shooting a school shooting right. uh, how do you uh, feel about uh, and gun uh, control what you're asking
1: really is how will it affect them on a policy or of a debate level yeah yeah uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't think any. I don't think anybody that's willing to go to a caucus and give up part of their life is going to be swayed by what NBC News says about gun control.
0: You know, when I when I my my company I ran, um, we we shared office space with Radio Iowa. I don't know if you know what that is. It's the counterpart of Missouri Net. As a Matter of fact, it was. It's owned by Learfield. I guess it's still up there. And we. Uh, and the lady's name was. And what, her first name was, she never used her first name. It was if she had a, her, she used the initial. Her initial was O and her middle name was K. So she was okay. Everybody called her okay. 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 Um, and I'm telling you, these were some serious journalists and man, they took this real seriously. This you, mean was, the, you mean the presidential primary? Oh my God. This was like, yeah. this was like when they shined because of the fact that, you know, here everybody was coming. You know, normally people don't pay too much attention to, to Iowa and, and Des Moines yeah. specifically, except when it floods and stuff like that. But they were like in nirvana that, oh my God, you know. It's and, their moment. Yeah, of course. And, and the amazing thing is, is if you are a
1: Republican or Democrat county you know, leader for 18 months out of a cycle, well, actually for more than that, for three years out of a cycle, nobody cares about you. And then all of a sudden, if you lead a precinct in an Iowa township, like, boy, suddenly you have presidential candidates knocking on your door. Right, 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 right. You have people actually care about what you have to say.
0: Well, the the the, the interesting part of this is also was I don't know if this is like ancient history kind of stuff, but the Powerball. Uh, game started in Iowa. Did you know this? No, I didn't know that. Yes, and it was yeah. interesting because one of the ladies who worked there, who was a journalist at at Radio Iowa, her husband was the dude who was on camera doing the Powerball numbers. Oh, nice. And, and, and I think their last name was Kim, K-I-M, and it was so funny because he'd come into the office from time to time, and he'd go, I've seen you on TV. You're the Powerball guy. Yeah. And I'd always razz him about that. He'd go, yeah, well, like, I've never heard that before. And he talked about the fact that that when he went shopping, you know, like, he he went to the grocery store and stuff like that. Oh, it's the Powerball guy. It's the Powerball guy, you know, that he was recognized as the guy. And if I'm not mistaken, I think they had it where, where every night he wore a tuxedo. So the deal was he showed up at some TV studio. Imagine this gig. You show up at some TV studio. He had to be there like an hour ahead of time. You show up at T V studio, you 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 know, put up your, your tuxedo, you go through makeup, and you walk in and you literally do a minute on TV. Well he yeah, wasn't even yeah. he, his face wasn't even on TV for men and, you know, essentially he would do an intro, like hi, I'm I, I I wanna say his name was David Kim. I may be wrong in that. And he And then would they have like a pretty girl standing next to him like in a white like ta-da. It was just him and then and the balls would come out. Seven Fourteen, yeah. 32, I remember
1: watching that as a kid. And the Powerball. Still do that?
0: Do they still do that I process? I don't know. I mean, you know, who knows anymore? I mean, the TV yeah. thing is is to the point where you know who we need to call. Who's that? We need to call Ed Golderman.
1: Oh yeah, you know, I don't know him. <laughs> I've, I've never had any interaction with him.
0: I know he's your buddy. You are lucky that you never had any interaction with <laughs> Ed Golderman. Okay, we have to take a break. <laughs> Ed's Ed's a little bit different, shall we say? Okay, uh, it's seven forty.